The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent closed-cell PE EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Thanks for tuning in to episode 104 of the Golden Mike Podcast. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, recording this portion of the podcast from my boathouse studio in Windermere, Florida, overlooking a glassy Lake Sawyer. And now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck is the industry leader in innovative flooring solutions, supplying the best boat builders in the world with comfortable, durable, non-skid flooring systems. SeaDeck has a worldwide network of certified installers to help you design a custom kit for your boat. For free samples and more information, check out SeaDeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. Welcome back, listeners. This is episode 104 again, and thank you all for bearing with me in these busy weeks filled with travel and never-ending events and ceremonies. Luckily for all of us, when the travel mellows, we'll be back on a normal schedule, as always, on time, delivering at least two episodes of the Golden Mike podcast a month, like we always have. Well, just like I have hopes of longevity with this podcast, today's guest has held longevity within the sport of wakeboarding for nearly two decades. My old pal Scotty Broom and I sit down in Japan just before the Nautique WWA Wakeboard World Championships presented by Rockstar started. We recorded from the venue on Lake Akita in Miyoshi City, Japan, up in the announcer's booth. And this was seriously spur of the moment. Scotty and I had arrived about an hour early to the site and we were just sitting up in the tower and we were just chatting. And so I just set up the recorder and I was like, hey, let's talk. And as you guys will hear, Scotty and I discussed at the beginning or at some point on this episode about the amount of time that I wanted him to be on the show for years. We've been talking about it going all the way back to 2015, a conversation we had in Portugal at the 2015 Worlds. Anyways, it was just a random conversation. That's it. That's all. Scotty was a big part of the Aussie crew when I was getting my start in the Orlando scene about 15 years ago. Uh, Scotty is now more behind the scenes. He's judging a little bit more than he's riding, although he's still riding in some of the Masters events too. But in all, it was just fun to be able to talk a little bit to my old friend who I only get to see maybe once a year or twice a year. I know after the episode was done, he and I were both like, oh man, we should have brought this up or oh, we could have talked about that. 
But you know what? Next time I talk with Scotty, we'll make it a little bit more structured. But this time, we're just hanging out at 7 a.m. in Japan on day number one. Talk about jet lag. All right, well, I had some big weeks uh, before this episode was recorded, of course. The TL Corn Fest, it went down in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, up in my stomping grounds of past. We had four on-water events, trick skiing, jumping, a feet on fire, barefoot, and swivel skiing. We had about a 1,000 people in all at the event in attendance. We had 50-plus athletes, 50-plus volunteers, workers, and sponsors all on hand. And north of 2,000 ears of corn were consumed. And check this out. Between trophies, prizes, and raffles, we gave away 20 skis and wakeboards at Cornfest, most of which I admit were vintage. Thank you to anyone listening who is there, who participated, who helped, or anyone who just enjoyed it or who is enjoying the social media coming from the event. Check out TL Cornfest on Instagram, Twin Lakes Cornfest on Facebook. We also have a website. But from Cornfest to Miyoshi City, Japan, about 35 hours of travel, complete opposite sleep pattern, four days of the World Wakeboard Championships, and another 35 hours of travel back to Orlando to prep for Surf Expo. That's the schedule I'm talking about. That's the schedule I'm on, and it's all good. Summer's coming to a close, and I'm still busy. Uh, It's a good life. It's a wild ride. And, uh, folks, I'm just doing my best to keep this thing going. So if you guys can do your part to ensure that we continue bringing you episodes, here's how to help. Here's how you can support. Support the folks that support this podcast. And I'm talking about the sponsors SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, WSIA, Roswell Marine, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, Wakeboarding.com, Footin.com, GoPuck, Hyperlight, Conley, Ledwake, Ronix, O'Brien, and Slingshot. Make sure you spread the word about the podcast to any of your water or wake sports enthusiast friends. This is Wakeboard and Water Skiing's only consistent podcast and it's been going strong now for five years wake a lot on itunes hey dude i'm here man we're busy but i promise i'm gonna keep delivering the content the episodes and here's a message to the rest of you be like wake a lot and write me a five-star review on itunes or the apple podcast app do me a favor Encourage your friends to subscribe. Help spread the stoke of the Golden Mike podcast. All right, everybody, let's do it. Here he is, Scotty Broom, right here, right now, on the Golden Mike podcast. Ah, konnichiwa, everybody, and welcome to Miyoshi City, Japan. Daniel Lamano here, and not really an event cast. I'm actually just going to be kind of putting a, a little uh, spur of the moment interview together with my special guest here, a gentleman who I've been waiting to sit down and talk to you with for quite some time. Uh, long hair, chiseled features, top model status, absolutely. The one and only Scotty Broom. What's up, Scotty? Hey, Danny. Nice yeah. to be here. Yeah, Great finally. to see you. Finally, we're here, huh? Uh, absolutely. Finally, finally. 
and uh, couldn't be more excited, really. Yeah. So, uh, for, well, first of all, um, your impressions. What do you What do you think of Japan? Is this your first time here? It's, yeah, it's literally the first time I've been here. Uh, first opportunity to come over to Japan and have arrived yesterday lunchtime. So we're uh, like 12 hours in, and uh, I'm impressed. I've eaten sushi. I've eaten noodles. All the standard stuff, but I actually am super impressed by uh, the like bridges and buildings and things like that around where we are in this little section of uh, the city, Mayoshi. How's the how's the sleep schedule working for you? Yeah, sleeping is uh, there's been a lot of catch up since I've arrived. I'm not gonna lie, I've basically slept the whole time I've been here, so it's nice to be up bright and early and ready for uh, the first day of the the contest here. Where'd you fly in from? I came in from London. Uh, flew in 12 hours to Tokyo, quick connection there, and then down to the airport closest to here, Takamatsu. So, very nice. So, I'm, good trip. I'm looking out here right now, and there's like lush green trees and what looks to me like a giant hill, maybe a, a mountain and a river here. What do you know about this site? Pretty uh, Jurassic Park feeling isn't it I, I actually did watch that movie on the way over I'm not gonna lie Jurassic World and now I'm here I actually feel like something is gonna come out from uh, one of these tunnels but it does actually remind me of that it's so beautiful and green and yeah this river is really beautiful I don't know anything about it I don't know if it's tidal don't know if it's salt or fresh but it does look absolutely amazing it's fully glassy right now so uh, and this gigantic bridge yeah thing looks huge thing looks huge i think uh the boys are already sizing it up for some sort of activity off it maybe i'm interested to see see what's going to happen here today the course looks pretty interesting it's not the widest body of water ever and again i don't even know the name of of this river yet i guess i should have probably done uh we'll google that <laughs> yeah we should i should have googled it beforehand i probably should have prepared a little bit more for this this weekend but hey it is what it is no it does absolutely look amazing the uh the color is really cool too so it, does, it looks quite fresh and uh i mean it's gonna be topping out like 30 degrees like 90 percent humidity so it's definitely uh scorching hot down here in the kind of south of japan i believe we are south to mid again i like couldn't that. tell you uh, yeah i quick google eyes on the way in yesterday and uh i think that's basically where we are but yeah it's it's definitely in my uh thoughts of what i thought japan would be like it's uh it's you know it's less city and more like beautiful and rolling hills and amazing countryside we're not in tokyo my friend we certainly are not i'll tell you that much so you and i had talked about doing this podcast uh, over the last what this is like two years ago we started this discussion that we should talk about it do you remember where that discussion started I believe that discussion was in Portugal. Uh, oh, so maybe three or maybe four three, years ago. Maybe three, four years ago, yeah. Or maybe even before in, in somewhere in America. But uh, we have certainly had the, the fortunate uh, times to be able to travel the world together, going to all these different wakeboarding and uh, wake skating events all over the place. And yeah. uh, we've had these chat many a time to catch up. Well, we we now going back now that I remember, you're right, Portugal is where it started. We were out there for Wakeboard Worlds in 2015 where you were a judge and then we were back out in Portugal the following year for the Wake Open and then um, for two years we got to spend a little bit of time in the Philippines. True, true, true. That's right. Yeah, for the uh, Wake Park World titles out there as well. So Yes, but before we're that, catching up. Um, but before that, you and I know each other because you uh, were living in Orlando for for quite some time. We'll get to that in just one second. First things first, uh, we you said you came from England, but 
Uh, anybody who knows accents can probably hear that you're from Australia. You're one of the Australian riders. Uh, I met you through guys like Daniel Watkins and Ike um, probably sometime around 2002, 2003, 2004 era um, when the boys all started moving on to Clear Lake in Orlando, Florida. You came in with the crew, the likes of guys like Dean Smith and uh, Chris O'Shea, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? That's absolutely right. Yeah, I... Uh finished school in like 2002, uh, did a couple of years of uni and then was already going back and forth to the States and then moved permanently over there in 2004, was uh, living with Dean and Ike uh, over by the airport on Lake Frederica our first year and then yeah it didn't take us long to be moving over to Clear Lake Ways and uh, living with Daniel and living with Mitchie and all those guys over the years, uh, yeah, riding plenty and barefooting a lot on Clear Lake. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, just generally having a great time following the tour and following the World Series and King Awake and all of that. It was some, some good times. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, just for the listeners, uh, I'll let you guys know we're sitting up in the announcer's tower. And good morning, good morning. Konnichiwa. How are you, my friend? How are you? Konnichiwa. I'm very good. English is so much better than, than my uh, my Japanese. So Mine's non-existent. Yeah, non-existent. I know two words. Konnichiwa and arigato. Um, so anything can happen. There's a speaker sitting right behind us. I think it's a monitor. Uh, the event's supposed to start here in about 45 minutes. I figured we could kind of squeeze in this quick little podcast, talk a little bit about who you are, what you've done in the sport, and kind of what you're up to now. So I want to start off with uh, where in Australia you're from and kind of how you got into the sport. So I'm from uh, a little place called Lugano, which is like a southern suburb of Sydney. Uh, grew up there and have ridden on all the different rivers that we have available to us in Sydney. Uh, Always wakeboard or do you water ski at all? I uh, water skied a little bit. Yeah, I, oh, I basically probably learned how to do everything on behind the boat before wakeboarding. Wakeboarding probably came towards the end. So yeah, water skied from four years old and uh, learned how to do all everything else. Probably barefooting by about seven or eight and doing all those sorts of things and then when wakeboarding came around in uh, my early teens never really looked back and um you come so, from a water ski family like your, yeah, your folks yeah, it came from a water skiing and surfing family so uh my old man's really into surfing grew up surfing always catching waves and that sort of stuff and then and then also water skiing uh lots of snow sports as well it was sort of we were a very active family so um that was kind of the background and then was lucky enough to uh to follow wakeboarding and and end up where it's taken me now. So, um, like in your area where you grew up in, in Australia, who else is kind of like in that? Because you know, obviously, when you think of Australian wakeboarding, again, names like Daniel uh, Daniel Watkins and Josh Sanders and Brett Eisenhower. And I know Australia is a pretty big place, and I know there's a handful of different spots where towed water sports are going on. So, like, who who is in your area and stuff like that? So the Sydney area, um, where I actually grew up wakeboarding was sort of uh, the, the guys known as the Hackers, Hacko area back in the day. Guys like Reese Jordan, Marshall Harrington, Paul Boyd, um, Luke Wolf used to come down and ride with them for quite a lot as well with like the, the double up kind of movement then. It was when Greg Nelson and those guys would come over to Sydney and stay with them. That was sort of the guys that I grew up riding with. Um, so it was a very like very much a, a style based kind of uh, wakeboarding it wasn't just wakeboarding to learn tricks but it was a, a background of pushing like style and grabbing things and doing all that sort of stuff and that was ingrained in all of us from a very young age and so then moving on like riding growing up with uh, Dean and Amber um, 
that was sort of two of my closest, still are two of my closest friends who I grew up riding with a lot. And, um, you know, that was always in, a, in the background for us growing up in that area of Sydney. So it was a, it was a cool influence. And then through, through it, we obviously ended up uh, making friends and, and riding with guys like Josh and Daniel and Ike and uh, Greg Falzon. And they were sort of the, the guys in the early days. What was the scene like? Because I know when you came to the States, you were a slightly competitive wakeboarder. I think you had some pretty solid top five finishes uh, in a few events, uh, you know, in the, you know, early to mid 2000s or so when you spent a majority of your time. Um, but uh, w- was it always like a goal to be a, a wakeboard champion or was it like more of a free ride thing? I kind of uh, was just lucky to fall into it, to be honest. I sort of was wakeboarding a lot and got kind of good at it and ended up sort of going in local contests and national contests and things like that. And through that got invited to do different events and, uh, and just ended up lucky enough to to do well at them so yeah when i was uh like 16 uh we had the x games come through sydney and was lucky enough to share a podium with uh mark kenny and jeff weatherall at the time and was competing against guys that you know i'd only ever really looked up to in movies and that sort of thing and so it was kind of a big eye-opener that actually i could uh do all right with it and um yeah, followed it. Went to the States and yeah, had lots of uh, results and lots of things over the years that I've been super happy with to be able to compete on that World Series and win some titles and do some things. So Work with good. some amazing sponsors as well. I mean, Absolutely. I, I, know, I remember for a fact that you were a, a Tiger rider for a while there. You were a O'Neill rider for a while there. I think double up wakeboards, right? Yeah, absolutely. I've, uh, I've been so lucky. You know, it's been one of the best things about my career, I'd say, is to be able to work with these brands for a, such a long time. Um, yeah, lots of the brands I work with still now, sort of well over 10 year relationships with them. And um, yeah, I couldn't be happier with, you know, the support they've given me over the years. Scotty, and realistically, it's probably been a little longer than 10 years, my friend. <laughs> no, some of my sponsors over 10 years. Yeah, my wakeboarding career is probably spanning 18 years now, which is um, quite a realization sitting here in Japan with you. But it's, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's been absolutely amazing. All of my nearest and dearest friends and everything that... Uh, you know, life has given me up to this point has, has come from that following that path of wakeboarding. So I couldn't be more thankful for it. You gonna be riding here this weekend in Japan at all? Uh, if we get a little chance, I would love to take a rip. The water looks amazing out there. No plans of uh, of competition. I sort of, I think, I pick and choose a little bit of competitive riding here and there. But I think, you know, for me personally, I've achieved what I would like to out of competitive wakeboarding now, and just try to focus on sort of the free ride aspects of it and and just get out there and have some fun as much as I can. Well, it was cool at Wake Park Worlds last year. I got to watch you ride, and, and I thought what was so neat was that you were competing in the Masters division and stuff. And, and um, so basically it's like you went from being a pro rider and now you're riding in that 30 to 39-year-old age bracket. I mean, it, like, I, as a guy who rode pro for, you know, over a decade or so, what's that like? Is that, I don't know, like I'd almost say is it humbling? It's certainly humbling. It's uh, uh, that particular contest I remember was really fun because I was actually, you know, we ended up um, being on the podium with uh, a good, you know, close friend of mine, Dean Smith, who uh, we actually have known each other since we were teenagers. We sort of got jobs at bars and things like that to uh, save up to move to America for the first time long before we had sponsors or anything to be able to actually make anything out of it. So. It was quite a realization that we're at that point in our career where we were just having some fun and we weren't at a contest trying to officially get that next result because we needed it to get the next paycheck or something like that. It was just fun. 
it was just really really fun and ultimately that's why we've always always done it so um it was uh yeah it's been fun having that transition and been lucky enough to work with the wwa over the years as well and have been a judge for over 10 years now as well and um, announcer and announcer yeah i've announced plenty of events done a few with you over the years and uh yeah lots of contests so maybe a few i couldn't make it to as well yeah yeah a couple of those as well it's never the same without you though but, well, i appreciate uh, that brother but you yeah know. it's cool it's it's opened up a lot of a lot of opportunities throughout the world of wakeboarding and and you know i'm I'm super thankful for them. Hey, let's rewind the clock about 15 years, 16 years ago, and uh, talk about the journey to America. You were talking about you and Dean saving up money to, to get over to the States, but uh, talk about like uh, what it took, the goals, the struggles, all that. So let's go back. Yeah, like 15, 16, we sort of, you know, wakeboarding a lot, uh, already filming parts and things like that at that point, had some pretty solid sponsors, but nothing that uh, could probably get us tickets to uh, to go to America and live there full time just yet so who uh, do our lot through our last couple of years of school and then starting university um, we took on like part-time jobs and uh, I had a job at this bar down by a lake where I uh, grew up riding a place called Lake Conjola and uh, worked at this bar called the Marlin Hotel and um, Dean came to live down there with me for a couple of summers and uh, yeah we basically both basically poured beers at this bar called the Marlin Hotel, which is like a kind of fishing town, pretty hilarious, like old man pub. And uh, just good get spot to ride too, though. Yeah, yeah, epic spot to ride. So we'd sort of like work a few days a week and then just ride probably three, four times a, uh, a day. A day. <laughs> like absolutely so much riding. Looking back on that, I'm like basically that. the amount of times in one day as you do maybe in a month yeah. now. <laughs> Yeah, I might, but lucky to get one of them out in a week. But uh, yeah, we used to do that in a day as well as work in a bar. And um, but it was really, really fun times because we were sort of doing a lot of competing already internationally at that point as well. Um, so often we'd be sort of like cleaning up from a night, you know, a Friday night or a Saturday night or something, and then uh, some some ta- something could come on on the TV, like the local sports channel or whatever, and probably uh, Dean or I would pop up on the the TV, and our managers are always like, "Oh, you guys are all right at this wakeboarding thing." So yeah, that was kind of the the early early days of of trying to stash the money away so we could get over to the states and then just try and um, compete and and learn about competing as much as just actually competing, but competing against you know a good level of guys and learning how to do it as as much as anything. Was was uh, in those early days was Australia to America the first like crazy long travel you did? Uh, probably for a length of time amount of travel, it definitely was. We've doing, done lots of uh, events, like, uh, events just like this, like going to the wakeboarding world titles, uh, being lucky enough to compete in spots like that. We're, we're being joined right we're, now, some of, uh, some of my counterparts here for the, uh, for the announcing of the day. What's up, guys? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good Hello, Scotty. <laughs> Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. We're recording for the podcast. Hello. Tell everybody who you are. Tell everybody who you are. Tell everybody who you are. Who are you? I'm Mikun. Mikun. MC Mikun. Call me Mikun. Okay. And no, no, we're just doing a podcast right now. So, yeah, just a little interview. But you guys come up here because we're going to be starting soon. So, um, and my other counterpart, tell everybody who you are and what you do around here. Hi, my name is Shoko. I'm uh, kind of like assistant to Miku. Um, it's, I'm glad to be here. And, and to see you again. 
And it's good. This is like our third year working together. Right, right. It's the third year, right? Yeah. And and basically what you do around here is um, you obviously, you kind of help uh, translate what I'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. to everybody. I'm like the bridge. What's uh, it? Bridge. I'm like the bridge of um, between you guys. What's it like the announcing with translation. me? The bridge of translation. Exactly. Um, it's, it's really fun because, it, you know, you know so much about um, wakeboarding and, you know, I get to learn too. And then, you know, he's really fun. Mikun is like really fun. So he's fun working together it's awesome hey you guys i'm really looking forward to the weekend here i know we're gonna start soon we're gonna kind of keep going for probably about like 15 more minutes or so but uh you know we'll just kind of get the vibe going on up here in the tower so it's a, sunny day. It's a beautiful day hopefully the rain doesn't come in so you see scotty it gets kind of loose up here it gets busy it gets yeah. busy that's what it's like though it's the exciting times first day of the contest too so everybody's uh buzzing to get underway and i mean the conditions are so epic right now so everyone just wants to get riding hey listeners quick break here if you're not driving take out a pen and write this down www.wakeresponsibly.com go there today and support the wsia's wake responsibly initiative and take the pledge 90 seconds and you can help keep wake sports riding strong across North America forever. Be an ambassador at your lake, help promote your sport in a positive light, and protect the waterways we love. Take the pledge today at wakeresponsibly.com. And now let's get back to Scotty Broom right here on the Golden Mike. I'm just taking a look right there. We've got 30 minutes till we get started fully, so we, I think oh, we, we got, still have a little bit of time. time. Um, time. So, so we were kind of talking about like uh, your your first trips over to America and like the um, well, so like for me flying over here um, to uh, Japan and then like the Philippines, those are just crazy, crazy long flights and stuff. But I know the Australia flight that's got to be like the longest. Yeah, it's pretty far. Uh, so we used to you know do the odd. Uh, event here and there, like going to Asia, places like that for for contests, and sometimes to Europe. And then, uh, but yeah, when we finally like moved over there for like a good six months of the year, that was, you know, it was far. It was like 12, 13 hours to LA, then another, whatever it was, so probably 20 hours traveling to get to Orlando, and then... You know, there's plenty of spots like that these days as well. How is is it like um, leaving the family back then for you? Looking back on it now, it was, uh, you know, obviously I've, I've been away from my family. I haven't lived in Australia since 2004 now. So, you know, uh, I haven't really thought about it too much until you just brought it up. But yeah, when you're a, a young kid looking to uh, get excited on your career, you don't really think too much about it. But obviously you miss your family and... Um, and yeah, we just, uh, you know, we do what we do. There, I guess they're the sacrifices you make to try and uh, make something out of your wakeboarding life. And But they've always been there supporting me 100%. And, you know, they've always come over and come visit wherever I'm living and things like that. So very lucky in that sense. Uh, some of the spots that you lived in when you were in the States, uh, who are some of the guys that you lived with and who, uh, what were like some of the more, more memorable spots that you lived in? Oh, so many memories. So I did almost uh, seven years, or I did just just over seven years, I think it was, living in the States. Um, so like early days living on Lake Frederick, uh, living with Ike, lived on the same lake as Jeff here. Um, uh, that was sort of the early days of Aaron Rathy lived with us as well and um, spent some time sort of, that was my first taste of it. Then moving over to Clear Lake and, and going out in the lake on um, with living with Chris Owen and Daniel, but then like um, spending heaps of time with guys like yourself and Eric Rock and um, Shane Bonifay and 
Colin Harrington. Who else was in the hood at that time? You lived with Mitch for a while Lidberg. too. Mitch Langfield, did you I live did. with him? Yeah, yeah. We uh, before I moved in with Mitch though, we actually had a really memorable year living in Lake Hiawassee, um, in Parks's house. And uh, oh yeah, dude, that was a memorable time for me. You were riding for Conley at yes. the time, and you guys moved out. You moved back to Australia, and somebody else was moving into the house. And I went over there to help do something, and there was like like 40 pair of bindings <laughs> and, and somebody was like dude they're all yours man go for it so i yeah, thank you very much that was much. a more memorable that was a uh, memorable time of uh of riding for that that uh, brand i was lucky to be with them for a really long time so scotty um you kind of mentioned a bunch of names here but uh a couple of names that stood out to me that i was hoping um we could maybe um talk a little bit more about uh, Mark Kenny. You'd mentioned you being on a, a podium with Mark, and obviously Mark is a rider who passed on way, way, way too early. Um, his riding was so far ahead of where wakeboarding was at the time, and obviously it was a, a huge knock, a huge loss to our sport. I think it was somewhere around 2001, 2002 era. Um, do you have any memories of Mark? I have so many memories of Mark. He was such a dynamic like rider of so far in the future of where wakeboarding was at at that time. And uh, he and I were the uh, the two Australian athletes on the Connolly team at that time, and um, who both got signed over sort of to the international team. Him, you know, uh, years before me, just his riding was just absolutely insane, and he was just always a bundle of energy to be around as well. So you could see how far he was going to go. Um, and unfortunately, you know, life takes its twists and death sucks, but that's, uh, you know, that, that's the way things rolled. And I'm just so fortunate that the times we did get to spend together. And yeah, again, that very memorable time was uh, gaining a second at the Planet X Games in Sydney. And he took out first and Jeff Weatherall was in, in there third with me. And yeah, it was just a, it was a crazy time. Can you, can you kind of like for the people who might not be super familiar with, with Mark, maybe describe what his riding was like at the time? The first ever time I met Mark was actually at a, a boat contest in uh, 1997, and he was just a full cable kid. There was a mad divide between cable riding and boat riding, much more even so than than uh, I would say these days. It was sort of you were an air trick person on the cable or you were a boat rider. And uh, there's this young Mark just coming in and absolutely ripping at the wake like you've never seen anyone cut so hard just basically using it like a cable and doing like you know big cable tricks huge front flips s bends things like that like but i always looked like at him and i was like an, i always like, like thought he was an evolution of like darren sort of in a yeah, way yeah he cut the same way like he ripped at the wake as hard as that it was just like a small frame but he wasn't like built like darren he was just like a little guy but absolutely just no holds barred every single time so he could do stuff like that but then he you know for back in the day he would just do wake to wake nines and definitely did some tens and just crazy stuff that was just so far ahead of its time but also like you know was very in touch with style as well and and let that kind of that stuff evolve um with his boat riding which which made him go really far at the time so there's always been kind of this debate that mark was the first or one of the first to land a 1080 what are what are your thoughts about that I don't know enough about uh, yeah who was first or whatnot. I remember actually having a chat one night with Parks about it, and um, yeah, we we were basically we just came to the conclusion that we were just talking about that it was just people did 1080s at the time. There was only a couple of guys that were doing them, and he and Parks were uh, Parks and Mark were sort of the the guys doing them. So um, 
it was it was a crazy time for wakeboarding when you think about uh you know the wakes were so much smaller like a third of the size of what they are now the the shape and and all sorts of stuff so, so many things against people to actually be able to spin that sort of trick when you watch someone do one these days they're super impressive but compared to uh to that point it was uh it was just so so ahead of its time and you know it was proper just just going for it so it was a cool era of wakeboarding to be around and you know i cherish the times uh, as we all do that we got to spend with mark and um and and i'm sure his uh you know legacy li lives on in in all of us in some way shape or form hey another name that i want to talk about and i'm kind of like thinking about it just because i'm looking at this bridge right here but uh jeff weatherall yeah Yes, yes, Jeff. I uh, saw him just earlier this year. Went out and watched him uh, tie the knot with his lovely wife in Hawaii in February this year, which was super beautiful. Just another crazy experience I've shared with Jeff over the years. Um, there's just too many to mention. Sure. Um, all right. Hey, so, Scotty, here we are. Uh, you, you had a great career uh, as a pro rider. Um, you know, you're still coming to these events, you're doing the announcing at some of these events, you're doing a lot of judging and whatnot, um, but it, uh, your career has kind of evolved, so what, what are you sort of up to these days? So I'm um, still very much involved in the wakeboarding side of things, uh, working on sort of more of the, the major events, World Series events, wake park events and things like that with the WWA. So I've been judging now with these guys for over 10 years and... Um, Luckily, they, they keep having me back, and obviously, I keep doing a good enough job. So, I've done a couple of World Series events this year, and um, yeah, it's it's cool to to have that influence on the sport and also be respected enough to, to I guess, to make those those decisions and, and know that we're going to do them right. So, um, that aspect of things is, is, is cool to be involved in. Still very much involved with my sponsors um, still now. So, uh, so designing boards and working on uh, new things with Double Up Wakeboards, who I've been with for a long time now. Um, still have a, my signature board with them and bring out a new, just got some graphics through for 2019, which is pretty exciting. Um, and yeah, I've been working as well. I also have a real job these days. Back as in the well. grind. Back <laughs> in the grind. So uh, we spoke about it briefly. So I lived in America for a long time, and then um, I moved to London to follow wakeboarding and and do do something different. Everyone was sort of like doing the Orlando thing, and I decided to move to London. And through that, have uh, life has thrown some pretty epic things at me, and I've. Um, gone into some pretty some pretty fun work over the past few years so what are you doing now so i recently well i've been doing it for about a year and a half being a marketing manager for monster energy over in the uk and uh looking after the region that sort of encompasses most of the major motorsports events so looking after things like activations for uh world rallycross isle of man tt um different things to do with formula one moto gp um, lots of really cool like motorsports events um, and then some other action sports stuff too so BMX and skates and and then also looking after the music program over there which is uh, is quite a fun thing it's like a monsters music program is a very like heavy style so that's a cool thing to uh, to go to got to go to these uh, sort of rock heavy rock concerts and metal things and whatnot to um, yeah help push that in the UK so still very much involved in my wakeboarding but also trying to yeah i guess use my know-how and other avenues 
So what do you think about the sport today, where it's come, um, you know, um, the evolution? You obviously talked about the wakes. Um, the cable is completely different than what it was 15 years ago as well. Um, what are your thoughts? Are we where you thought it was going to be? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think we've we've come a super long way with wakeboarding, but I think it's in a very, very healthy spot. It's uh, it's completely different in, in terms of boat riding. We've, we've touched on that. It's, you know, the, the wakes are so much bigger, which means... The passes we're getting to see out there are, um, are, are ridiculous. But I also like the way that wakeboarding is now and sort of, you know, we've cut back on doing um, 10 tricks a run. It's sort of just four up and four back. So it's four very like quality things, which is a nice aspect of where boat riding's at. And then the wake park stuff has, has come such a long way. Um, it's, it's really opened up as, you know, as an important part of the sport in, in every sense. So the these uh these wake parks all around the world and all these different parts of the world that people maybe wouldn't have gone to before are now getting to go there with with different events with the wwa and and um just showcasing that that skate park style aspect of wakeboarding in such a different level and uh, i guess we're seeing the benefits of it now no doubt hey man any more goals for you personally within the sport uh i want to keep keep being you know here to, to help push it to help evolve and make sure it moves in the right direction you know i do feel that having the right people sitting in the boat or on the bank at these events uh pushes that aspect of it and have some people to look up to it's it's something that was ingrained in me from a little kid when i had those the hackos that we grew up riding with um in sydney it was always pushing that style and pushing aspects of the sport that you know were really important making it individual and i hope that you know the all-star lineup we've got this week at the Worlds in uh, in Japan help keep pushing those things, keep pushing that aspect of it. And, yeah, I just want to be there for a long time to come. Love it. Hey, bro, I see the G23 coming down the line, which means we're about to get started for the day. So before I let you get out of here, uh, talk a little bit about the folks who have supported you, who still support you, and then let everybody who's listening to this know how they can find out more about you or follow you on that social. Uh, so I couldn't uh, be more thankful for all the sponsors I have, uh, have and still continue to have. Uh, please make sure you check out Double Up Wakeboards, O'Neill, Ocean and Earth, Surfers, CTI, and Sandbox Land. Uh, all absolutely mad supporters of mine and have been for a long time. Um, you can get at me at, at Scotty Broom on all the socials. And I think that's all I can really think of right now. Cool. Hey, Scotty, man. Uh, early it's been really nice to catch up bro impromptu impromptu and international man and that's i think what we've been hoping for for a long time yeah brother hey man long hair chiseled features as our good buddy fish down in orlando would say top model status scotty room thanks a bunch brother thanks mate cheers cheers with multiple awards and innovation, industry first, and the business motto of quality without compromise, Roswell Marine's proven performance has helped define the wake industry for over two decades. Whether you're upgrading your old boat or customizing something fresh and new, from Universal Towers to Neptunes, aka the King of Tower Speakers, Roswell products are built to perform reliably from the day you unbox them. Roswell's more than a brand, it's a family, which means from the moment your gear arrives, it's all good and no worries. RoswellMarine.com is the website where you can find and see all the info. Again, it's RoswellMarine.com. 
WSIA Dealer of the Year Boulder Boats now has three locations in the West and Southwest U.S. Mesa, Arizona, Henderson, Nevada, and Visalia, California, and they carry a full stock of Malibu and Axis boats. If you're looking for something a little more already loved, Boulder Boats has a ton of previously owned boats ready to ship worldwide. Pleasure performance boats, something for all price ranges and levels of boating. Like Boulder Boats on Facebook and check out boulderboats.com for locations, full inventory, and events. Again, that's boulderboats.com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. Oh, Scotty Broom, one of the nicest guys out there, folks, and I'll tell you what. I'm so lucky to have, over the years of working in the shop or on tour, have had the chance to meet and run with such an international group of just fun, nice, and interesting people. What is it about the sport that drags us away from our families and friends and native lands? Well, it's all about the experience. Scotty nor myself make huge paychecks off the sport, but what we can boast is 15 years of friendship, and it's even cooler when you can catch up around the world once in a while, and when you do, to have the technology to capture it. But the best part for me is having this audience who wants to hear these people, the people who have so much in common, and the commonality with all of us is the love of the lake any way we can get it hmm well maybe that's a little deep but oh well uh it is what it is and i thank you scotty broom again for joining me here on the podcast and i look forward to seeing you and catching up again soon we will get more in depth on the next one i promise you that um folks for you listeners out there i also did record audio from the opening ceremonies at the world championships this interview that you just listened to this was recorded just before day number one of action started i'm not sure if the audio will be usable or not but the opening ceremonies is an episode that is hopefully coming out soon and uh, i also recorded at wakeboarding hall of fame so get ready for all that my friends Event-wise, September is busy. Starting off the month, of course, we have Wakeboarding Hall of Fame, Wakeboarding Wake Awards. Uh, We have the Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour. Then September 14th, 15th, and 16th, I'll be in Parker, Arizona for the Southwest Nautique Regatta. And then closing out the month, I'll be in Waco, Texas for the Nautique WWA USA Wake Surf Nationals. Remember, if you're not already subscribed to the Golden Mike Podcast, please do so on iTunes and the Apple Podcast app. Leave a five-star rating and write a review, and I will read it on the next episode of the podcast. If you're not an Apple user, then search the App Store on your Android device. Uh, The Golden Mike Podcast is available on most Android podcast listening apps. You can also listen free on SoundCloud and at noiseofthenorth.com. Like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook and follow me at Dano T. Mano on Instagram. Thanks again to my guest, Scotty Broom. And now a few shout outs to the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. 
Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, WSIA, Roswell Marine, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, Wakeboarding.com, Footin.com, GoPuck, Hyperlite, Conley, Leadwake, Ronix, O'Brien, and Slingshot, Jenna Carruth on the web, and Rich Walsh on the audio. That's going to do it for today's show, and I appreciate you all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast.